Welcome to the Works of Wonder Therapy podcast. I'm Dr. Beth Long, and today we are going to have part two of our discussion with speech-language pathologist Haley Jordan. We also want to remind you all to click like, subscribe, or ring the bell if you enjoy this podcast. And if you have any questions or comments or things that you would like addressed in future issues um, of our podcast, please, please, please let us know. So I tell every parent the two things you have absolutely no control over are what a child swallows and mm-hmm. what a child says, because you really don't. Yeah, I haven't heard that, but that's good. I mean, yeah. like Everything else, if I say, hey, I need you to clean up your toys, I can do hand over hand, or I can say, okay, buddy, you can't turn on TV till you clean up your toys, right? There, there's a million other ways to kind of control every other scenario, but you cannot control what a child swallows because they can spit it out and oh, you have no control. But I'm that. so glad you mentioned spitting because spitting is another huge part. Take it in and spit it out. Like, I, I do not care at, at the start of therapy. I mean, the goal is to have more consumption of foods, yes. But if spitting it out, that's part of play and that's part of learning. What do you do as an adult? If you get something in your mouth at dinner that you don't like, you'll spit it out. So why are we not holding our kids to the same standards that we're holding ourselves to, you know? Right. Um, and, pl- and you can even d- do that. And pl- I mean, is it... Is it something you want your child to do at the restaurant when you have a family birthday dinner? No. But at home, you know, you can play and, like, put your head down and say, all right, who can spit faster or <laughs> who can have, who can, uh, you know, like, make it a race, like, who can hold it longer? You know, any kind of any kind of thing. It sounds a little bit unconventional. Like you're not used to playing with food in this way, but it's the start of reshaping food. Well, I'm kind of thinking about, like, <clears throat> um, right, I think every parent plays the airplane game with their... Yeah. Little bitty kiddo. Is that bad? I wouldn't say the airplane game in of itself is bad, mm-hmm. but I I would not use your feeding utensil to scrape the the child's mouth. That oh, that okay. can be a I just so, mean like put the Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, naturally a lot of times parents afterwards will like wipe the food. Right. You want them to, to use their hands or use your hands. You don't want the feeding instruments to become aversive. You know, does that make sense? No, that does make sense. Yeah. So, okay. So, because I think, right, we're all, like, interactive and playing with our little bitty young mm-hmm. babies, six, eight-month-old kids that mm-hmm. we're trying to just teach to eat baby cereal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as they get older, we do kind of move more into food is just like a – it's a battle almost. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, so parents need to have a lot more play, a lot more interaction. Mm-hmm. Do you when when you're doing this feeding therapy? I know you take some bites, but would you do if you were a parent? Would you do this intentionally during mealtime, or would you do it at a completely separate time? You want to have scheduled meal times. You want that child to have consistency and routine and expectation because if I mean it's hard school schedules and especially like you know you have summer schedules versus fall and sports and all the things. Like I understand the parent perspective. Um, but if a kid can come to crave consistency and routine and they know I'm going to eat at 530 every day, like they, their body starts prepping for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you can always play. Yes, always play in food. Like I would love any exposure that your children can get to, to play in food. But especially at mealtime, like just present it and know that they're probably not going to eat it. But just tell them you don't have to eat anything you don't want to and just try to play. And you'll be surprised when you play what will happen. How, you know, how quickly that will change from I'm not going to touch it to it's in my hands or I'm mashing it or it's on my face, things like that. And another thing that we use a lot, like I will take a preferred food, especially with my littles that are trying to learn how to how to eat. 
like I will um, have what we call like a meltable. So it starts off kind of hard and then it melts in your mouth like a like a like a puff would. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. So um, and we'll put it in a in a puree and then they're playing and they're playing like they'll eat the the meltable fine no problem and then you put it in the play and they're playing with it and they're thinking about it and then it's got all that baby food puree on it, and they're thinking about it and then they eat it so they're not eating the puree by itself but they went from not engaging with it to now they're tolerating it on their meltable and it's in their mouth and they are getting that gerber blueberry mix or whatever mix it is so i mean this truly is desensitization a hundred percent yeah is. i mean well um the lady that taught the conference is a psychologist by trade so a lot of this is rooted in so, so it's like play desensitization. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I love, I, I think it's so important to re-point out that it takes away the anxiety from it. Yes. Because I do think mealtime can be anxiety-provoking for lots of people in the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just the same way it takes you time to learn how to, how to walk, it's going to take you time to learn how to eat and to become comfortable with foods. It's not going to happen overnight. And it's going to take you, as it would take you as a grown adult, multiple bites to really know if you like something. You're, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. um, And just give kids that same grace and exploration and make it fun. Yeah, yeah, lots of fun. Um, I also think it's important to point out that, like you said, I, I love having the consistent plan, and I know that's hard. Yes, I feel it like is. it's harder and harder and harder. But um, so many people that we work with, their children just kind of graze. Like the mm-hmm. family will be sitting at the table, and the child mm-hmm. will be grazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to know your opinion on this. So I often tell people, well, if, if you can't get them to eat, at least have them sit at the table for a little while, mm-hmm. right? I don't want a five-year-old sitting for 45 minutes, no. um, right? Mm-mm. That's almost impossible. But um, our our goal is kind of per age. So, like, mm-hmm. a five-year-old should sit not with an electronic but just sit right. at the dinner table for five minutes. And you right. may have to slowly build them up to that. Right. But that would be appropriate. Um, and then— but how do you feel about that? Would that be making food aversive? No, I think you're right on on track. Okay. Um, I think grazing is highly like not unpreferred and not encouraged in the in the feeding community because then they have no real relationship with food. It's kind of like I eat when I want to eat, but I still don't really know what it feels like to want to eat. I'm learning what appetite is and like mood affects my appetite. Um, if I haven't had a nap, that's going to affect my appetite. There's so yes. many factors. So that's why the the meal time is consistent. And you're exactly right. Even if they don't eat, if, if you're sitting them down um, and they know that this is a mealtime, they'll slowly over time come to learn and, and understand that. And really with kids, like kids should eat four to 11 times a day. Like any range that works for you, they're not set to a, a three meal structure like we are. Um, so incorporate snacks, have designated snack times and things like that. So that's why schools and programs normally have those. Um so does that answer your question? No, it does. Yeah. It does. No, I no. think definitely just sitting there, like you said, even if we're not eating, we're learning. This is a meal time. This is a time to eat. This is a safe place to eat. I don't have to eat, but I don't want to, and I can and I can play and I can enjoy food. Right. And not freak out about food. Yes. And to just make it fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of fun. Have a fun placemat. Have if they love Paw Patrol, go buy a Paw Patrol placemat. Buy a Paw Patrol plate. Whatever it is that's gonna motivate them to get to that table and, and play and engage with their food. Okay. So what's the biggest piece of advice you give parents? Have you already said it? Yeah. Um, Be patient with your child. Play is essential. Play, play, play with your child. Play with food. Make food fun. Involve them in the the process. Meal prep, meal cleanup, all of it. But mainly 
have them know that they don't have to eat anything they don't they don't want to they don't, they should never feel forced in that anxiety and I know it's hard because your job as a parent is to take care of them you want them to eat and you put so much responsibility on yourself because that's the life you created mm-hmm. but like you said yourself you can't control what kids are what kids are going to swallow um, and so just learn to accept that the small wins are wins that even if they're not eating if they are putting it in their mouth and spitting it out it's in their mouth you know accept the small wins as as big wins because they're huge right yeah I, that's what we tell parents all the time you have to celebrate you have to pay attention to the little bitty wins yeah and highly reinforce it what mm-hmm. if, if your kid's a verbal reinforcer like praise it up you know to give them all those words of affirmation if they're more of a of a tactile like hug them real big squeeze them like i don't know kids are you have to figure out what works for your kid but have them know that like you are proud of them for what they did so okay so if if Parents tend to kind of, in my experience, a lot of parents tend to take the easy way out. So if their child only eats yogurt, then they're like, well, he'll only eat yogurt and they feed him yogurt. Right. Um, So if we're not going to provoke anxiety, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're going to have to walk a fine line between. So you would always have the yogurt so the child would eat it, right? And then you would just, like you said, it's the food hierarchy. Yeah. So you would always have the yogurt and then you would just add extra food let them play with it. Yeah, and play and in the yogurt. the yogurt. Like, um, I mean, I don't know if it if it's plain yogurt, but if you have like um, like a French fry, it's similar in color. You know what I mean? Like unpeel. Like if you have potatoes, if you have potatoes, I'll just say potatoes, not fried. <laughs> you can you can play in it. Like they don't they can have their yogurt that they're gonna eat untouched, and they can have their yogurt that they're gonna play in, and know that they don't have to eat the yogurt that they played in, but they're interacting with foods and, and touching it. And then maybe who knows? Maybe they'll put the potato yogurt in their mouth, yogurt potato in their mouth. But that's just how it starts. Okay. Use the preferred food, and expose it to as much as the other foods as much as you can. Okay. I'm not. I personally am just now beginning to get the food hierarchy. What you meant by the food hierarchy? Okay. So so it's it's the it's the food that they like, mm-hmm. you then you add other things that are similar to the food that they like. In, in color and texture and shape, size, yes. Everything. Yes. Okay. So sometimes I know, um, I, I just heard from another parent that her child ate chicken nuggets. And so the, um, her feeding therapist told her to cut up the chicken nuggets, before she did anything, to cut up the chicken nuggets so they were kind of the same shape yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and then... But now that's making sense to me. Okay. Because then she could add a variety of foods that were probably all cut up the same. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So um, the other thing I would say as a mom, mm-hmm. like if you know you're just working on this, buy the cheapest food possible. Don't buy the amazing organic strawberries because they're yeah. probably not going to eat it. <laughs> we don't buy all the name brand stuff. Right. You know, I mean, there are some kids that like, I have to have goldfish. It's goldfish only. For, I'm not, I'll not eat whales. You know what I mean? So there are certain things like that. But yeah, you don't have to get fancy with it. I personally think, uh, this is just bonus content for me. Okay. Um, the, the dinosaur Tyson's chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. They're the best. Oh, yeah. Of the chicken nuggets, yeah. they're the best. So so it cracks me up because I meet a lot of kids. They only eat those. And I'm like, I oh, know why. Because they're the best. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 but then parents can't give them other chicken nuggets. Right, because so, they're right, not dining. So, right, exactly. So then if you cut them up, you're kind of, it's, it truly is desensitization. Mm-hmm. Desensitization, lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Lots of reinforcement. Lots of reinforcement. Completely removing the Making anxiety. Making sure if your kid is a sensory seeker that protecting their brain is not their priority, that they have a secure 
footing, whether it is a 90-90 chair or, you know, if you have a hyperactive kid, they make those bands that can go at the bottom of the chair yes. so they can kick their feet. Like, whatever you, whatever you already know about your kid to help regulate, I would, you know, include that at mealtime, too. Right. And if not, a, not an iPad. Not an iPad. Not a tablet. Not a tablet. I understand tablet. it's very hard, but um, try not to have a tablet. But anything yes. else? Yes. yes. So many parents... Um, Use phones and iPads, and I see it at restaurants all the time. Mm -hmm. And this is just an addition to feeding therapy advice. Um, It is so important. There are so many skills learned sitting at a table being bored. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and and when you give your child a phone or an iPad every time they go out to eat or every time they eat at home or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you are removing all of those teaching opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to sit here and I have to listen and I have to pay attention to the conversation. And all of those are skills you need to be successful in kindergarten. Yes. So there's so many children going to kindergarten or pre-K mm-hmm. that truly do not know how to just sit and be bored. Right. And boredom is the birthplace of creativity. Right. Right. So so if you have a child who who doesn't even sit in a chair, mm-hmm. you may and you want them to eat a, a wider variety of foods, mm-hmm. you may not want to start with the feeding therapy. You may want to start with just getting him to sit in a chair Absolutely. and be totally comfortable sitting in the chair. Absolutely. And um, make it lots of fun and then lots of reinforcement, lots and lots of reinforcement. Um, and then move into feeding therapy. What were we going to say? Just, but also, like, you know, knowing what works for your kid. If, if your kid doesn't have those sensory needs and they want to stand, let them stand and eat. Let them sit and eat. Like, let them feel like they have a sense of control in something that is not related to a tablet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and the control is so important Huge. in reducing the anxiety, so that makes a lot of sense. I had a—when um, my son was in first grade, he— always stood like when he was doing his homework and everything mm-hmm. and I would always make him sit down and I went to his classroom one day and his teacher said oh no I let him stand he does so much better standing yeah. up and I just thought oh I love you and thank you for teaching me that as a mom right because yeah. I just thought oh no he has to sit and he has to be still I've had kids stand on my therapy table and I, I don't I'm not bothered at all if that what if that's what works for you and you're safe let's let's do our sounds right here standing I don't care right. as long as you're doing what you know and I know that's not functional for a classroom but it does help them feel a sense of control and how to control their own thing so that it can generalize and carry over into classrooms and into life. Right, right. And kids just need a lot. They, they need to have as much control as they can. Yeah. And they have so little control. So right. so when, you, when you're in a situation, really ask yourself as a parent, do I really care about this? Right. And if you don't, let it go. Right. Do I really care that they're putting their food in their drink if they're sitting in a restaurant and they're... I, I hear I hear no, all I the time parents be like, is that why when we go out to eat now they're putting stuff in their drink? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that is why. But that. but that is a good thing mm-hmm. because what do they used to do? No, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want it. Mm-mm. Right. And now they're engaging. And touching it and doing all kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, Yeah, it's, it's so important to just remember how playful you have to be as a parent. It's unbelievably important to remember that. And I, and I feel like um, there are a lot of parents who, I don't know, it, they kind of forgot how to play. And, yeah. And so, yeah. so I like all those examples of making games and um, using your imagination. That's such an important one. Mm-hmm. Um, using your imagination is completely necessary for reading comprehension skills. Yes. So yes. don't get caught up on the fact that your child isn't, not eating the green bean and instead they're putting in the drink mm-hmm. maybe at that moment you're working on reading skills it's really okay right right it all works together skills. so it's um 
it, it, it's just keep the end in mind. Reinforce. We, we, we call it shaping. I don't know if y'all have a term for it in speech therapy, but we, we, in, we reinforce every attempt the child makes to move in the direction we want them to go. Yeah. So if we want them to eat a bite of food, we reinforce touching the food. We reinforce playing with the food, right? That, so that is what y'all are doing. Yeah. But we call that shaping. But just remember that as a parent, every, every step in the direction you want to go, reinforce it. Mm-hmm. Do not worry about, well, they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. It, it may take six months. Mm-hmm. Some kids, it may take a year. And sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes, sometimes it happens it in five minutes in a session because whatever you're doing is working for mm-hmm. that child. Mm-hmm. So. Do y'all have a word for that in speech therapy shaping? You, I think I feel like it's really interchangeable. But because okay. of my behavior background, I interchange, you know, reinforcement, shaping. Right. Um, conditioning whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> desensitization yeah um okay so um I, we didn't even say where you work where do you work i work at the bailey center there's a prattville office and a Wetumpka office and i am at the prattville office okay and how long have you been a speech therapist now i mean you've been in the field as long as i've known you which is years but how yeah. long have you been fully licensed fully i got officially licensed february 16th and it was a six-year process for counting school and everything so now i'm fully independent my licensure is not under anybody else um, fully operating in the state of Alabama. It's a great day when that happens. It's isn't a it? wonderful day. <laughs> it takes so many years to get there, but it's a great day. Yes. Um, all right. So thank you so, so much for coming. You're so welcome. I want to recap really quickly one more time. I feel like we have, but just I, to make sure. Yeah. Okay. We, you, you take the food the child likes, mm-hmm. you build a hierarchy off of it mm-hmm. by color, uh, size, shape texture. I mean, they don't have to be exact. Like You want it to vary a little bit. You don't want right. it to all look uniform, but yes. Okay. And then you play. Yep. Whatever is the developmental stage of your child, you play at that stage. Yep. And and if they do have a preferred food, like let's say it is yogurt, make sure there is some yogurt that is not affected by the other food so they know that they still have their safety. They okay. know that it's not contaminated by whatever else they are afraid of. Okay. And um, you reinforce... Every step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So if first they were pushing it away, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they're just tolerating it being in front of them, we're going to reinforce that. Yes. Um, that's a huge one mm-hmm. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then touching it, putting it near your face, touching it to your mouth, right? Then putting it in your mouth. Yeah, you can then, you can spit food. I mean, there's so many things, just, and a lot of it will come off the cuff from you know and your kid. But, like, we'll take veggie straws and say, I make a mustache, and you— purse your lips and see you can hold the mustache long and now it's under their nose and on top of their lip um i've taken a straw and like blown peas across the floor and then i'll put my initials with a dry erase marker and say all right that's how far my pee went how far can your pee go and you'll find a lot of times that you know they're blowing it then they want to go further and they'll push it with their hand so then they went from not touching it to they're touching it i mean it just it's go with the flow go with your kid and go with what you know yeah i love that i love that um and I'm sure, I'm so sure, if you were a parent and you searched what are, like, ideas for food play, I'm sure a million things would come yeah, up. Yeah, or come to me and any other, you know, speech feeding therapist, and I will give you the tools. And if you wanted to do, you know, more talk about hierarchies, I can be more prepared for that, and we can delve into hierarchies more. Um, there, there's not an exact science. It's going to take a minute to get used to because you're not used to thinking food is a hierarchy and branching and what's similar and what's not similar. So it's something you have to kind of train your brain into into looking for. But once you get used to doing it and you're doing it, it comes natural. And like, oh, yeah, I'll put this, this, and this on the plate. 
and that's that's what's going to be the meal today. Okay, okay. So I love that, and I, I mean, now all day I'm going to be thinking of what games could we play with mm-hmm. <laughs> with food. I love the blowing the pee. Target Target made um, these cheese boards for kids. One was a baseball field, and one was a football field. They love it. Oh, that is really fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's and so great. you know you can make raisins the the player i mean whatever mm-hmm. whatever your your food is it's, okay. it's endless no that's it that, i love that um okay making mealtime fun really reducing anxiety as much as possible giving as much control as possible um and keeping the end goal in mind yeah right absolutely always and and then always be okay because i'm with you i hate celery the thought of celery i it it activates my gag reflex. right <laughs> so, so visceral. everybody is is going to have foods that they don't like. And mm-hmm. my daughter hates squash with a passion. Yeah. And she was uh, maybe 10 when Frozen came out. Uh-huh. And she wrote a song about squashes groves, squashes groves. Oh, my to that, <laughs> to that let it go. Uh-huh. And... Um, because I, I told him, like, you have some, you can have food you don't like, and right. that is hers. And she still right. to this day is like, oh, squash. Well, and know, <laughs> and know that you know different parts of your tongue have different sensory receptors with different flavors: salty, sweet, umami, all those things. And so, depending on where you put food, it's going to taste different in your mouth. And things that you didn't like, you know, seven years ago, you may like now. Because I used to not eat certain things. I just got into salad. I used to oh, never wow. eat salad, and now I'm like, I like it a lot. Now I don't put dressing on it. So if I bring salad in a session, I'm probably not going to bring dressing in a session because <laughs> I'm not going to eat it, and that's not great. But, you know, we all have our things is what I'm trying to say, and we all have to figure out how it works for us and know that it's going to change and that these things don't have to be permanent just because today your child is not doing X, Y, Z. Right, right. It's keep the end goal in mind, mm-hmm. and you're working towards that. Don't be upset that you're not there. Mm-hmm. And every kid gets there at a different time, mm-hmm. so it's not a competition, and don't compare. Nope. Um, what is it? Comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah, and I, I have to remind myself that every day. You do. You <laughs> yeah. do. We both do. Yeah. We're, we're very similar in that way. Is that a three thing? <laughs> that is the three thing. Yeah. It is. So thank you so much for coming. You're so welcome. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for all the advice. I learned a lot. I, truly, I, I learned a okay. lot today. I, it was very interesting. And we want to thank Von Forest Church for hosting this podcast. And if um, if you have a child who has special needs and you're looking for a church home, Von Forest has a program called VF Buddies um, that is specifically for children with special needs, and all the volunteers there have been trained in how to um, work with those children, and so we would love to have you, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please click like, subscribe, or the bell. Like and subscribe to my channel. Like and subscribe to my channel. <laughs> and please leave us any questions that you have because we would be happy. I'm, I'm sure you'd be happy to answer them, right? Absolutely. You can pass along my contact info to anybody. Okay. And if you have a specific question that we may need to do in another podcast, we'd love to know it. So we know more of what um, parents and families need to hear. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and our YouTube channel. And... Um, Always remember to be kind and honest because it works wonders.